Hello, everybody, and welcome to First and Goal, the hardest-hitting, up-and-coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. I'm your host, Ben, joined here once again by my co-host, the one, the only, Big Raw. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I am great. I am great. It's good to be back. Too much of a break, and I'm telling you, I'm ready to put the women and children to bed and go looking for some dinner, boys. Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I love to hear, man. We've been gone for a while. We missed y'all. I hated to be away, but it had to be done. We had to make a move. We had to get the studio finished, get it set up. And if you're looking on YouTube, as you can see, it's here. It's done. We still got a little tweaking to do. We got a lot more to come. It's only going to get better from here. Oh, yeah. Brand new surroundings and more podcasts, more videos to come, fellas. I'm telling you, we're going to make this the hardest hitting the best show on the internet, bar none. Yes, sir. The material's great, and the drinks are even better. Oh, yeah. Well, how about we kick off this thing? We're going to talk about Missouri Tigers. Good old Eli Drinkwitz and the boys. Went and got the ass cut by the Army Knights. Hats off to Army, an independent school. Normally, Army, it's a great year if you beat Air Force. Oh, yeah. If you beat Navy, man, it's top of the line. Jam up. But to beat an SEC school, the caliber of Missouri, and the way they were talked about earlier on in the season, oh, you talk about some momentum going into the offseason. Oh, man. I'll tell you, Army, they got it going on. They, Those people are excited. They are pumped up. Hell, they wait for the season already. Oh, They're yeah. already counting down August. Oh, yeah. But I'm telling you, if you're in Missouri, though, right now, what the hell? I mean, you brought in a new coach last year, Eli Drinkwitz. Brought him in from Appalachian State. And you're saying he did big things with Appalachian. We're ready to win right now. That was the whole plan with Eli Drinkwitz. It is a win-now formula. Yes, sir. You had a quarterback coming into this season that was supposed to be one of the top-notch quarterbacks in the SEC. And guess what? What happened after this Missouri game? <laughs> he got him. I'm telling you, man. He done hit the transfer portal. He's packing his bags. He's getting the hell out of Dodge. But, I mean, you brought in this man, and, okay, I can understand year one was a little bit underwhelming. It happens. First year coaching the SEC, you got to get adjusted. you got to get your guys in there. you got to get familiar, get your system going the whole nine yards. But in year number two, instead of progress, i got to say they regressed. Very much so. Very much of a regress. And, I mean – Look here. We all know South Carolina did not have that great of a season. We, they made it to a bowl game. But when you have to say as an SEC school that your biggest game is against South Carolina in a rebuilding year? <clears throat> that, that's rough. That, that's a tough pill to swallow. I mean, there ain't no denying. We're diehard Gamecock fans. Look at you. Look at you. All day long, man. We hold it down. But I love SEC. I love ACC. And to see an SEC school come in and just be a letdown, be underwhelming in this game. I mean, this game really summed up the whole season. Underwhelming. I mean, how do you lose a game? Just rounding off a few numbers here, okay? Your total yards is 433. Army's is 306. You had 127 more offensive yards than Army. 127. More than a full length of football field. 
Yes, sir. And you lose by two points. You lose by the turnover margin, margin with one fumble. But still, in a game like this, one fumble, that should not make or break you. I mean, your whole goal as an offense, when you hit the field, is you say, as long as we're a balanced offense, we can pass the ball, we can run the ball, there's no stopping us. No. We got to figure it out. And you go into this game and you look at it. Passing yards, Missouri, 238. Rushing yards, 195. It don't get no more balance than that, man. No, it really don't. And the biggest problem with Missouri in this game, you left points on the field. You had to go for field goals three in a row. Three points, three drives in a row. Inside the 20-yard line on each one. In the red zone on each one. And you're walking away with three points each time. Yeah, that's nine points compared to what, what it could be. 21. Yeah. If you could have punched it in the end zone on one of those. That's a ball game. That's a, whole, that's a ball game. It's like he said. I mean, when you listen to these stats, all right, like I said, 433 total yards, 238 passing, 195 rushing. Total plays ran. Missouri had 71 to Army's 64. You ran seven more plays on offense than they did. Yards per play, Missouri averaged 6.1 yards per play. So every other play, first down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. And, and here's the thing. The thing that we noticed, you're running the ball first quarter down their throat. Like he said, 6.1 yards per carry. 6.1 yards per play. Per Not play. even per carry. Per play. <laughs> I mean. It's ridiculous. Hell, they had 28 first downs. The Army's 21. If I looked at all these stats, okay, if I didn't watch the game, if I just looked at all these stats, I'd almost be willing to bet money. I'd say, oh, hell, Missouri must have won 35-17. Yeah. I'd give them at least 10 points, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Of a win, I mean. But then when you watch the game, I mean, every time they ran the ball, they were getting seven, eight yards every time. I mean, it was ridiculous how well they ran the football. You might have one, but then the whole drive's going well, moving the football great on the ground. And then you have one play where you might get stopped for a loss. And it's like they panic. All of a sudden, it's okay, we're going to pass, we're going to pass, we're going to pass. Next thing you know, drive's over, drive stalled. And and don't get me wrong. They started for the first time a quarterback that started all season. His name was Brady. Brady Cook. Brady Cook. Because I guess the, the the other guy was injured or whatever, I don't know. But how are you going to lean on the back of an unproven that late in the game when you're running the ball that well? That's what I'm saying. I mean, I love it that you got that kind of confidence in the kid. But at the same time, he played great. I mean, hell, he went 27-34 on passing. That's 79% of his passes, which is very good. 238 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. Jam up job for your first start. But your biggest success all year long, the reason, hello from the other side, (laughs) the reason you had your most success all season, when you beat South Carolina, when you beat Florida, is you ran the football so well. And I get it. Your star running back opted out of this game to go to the NFL draft. I get that. But it's not like these guys were not running the ball in this game very effectively. I mean, right. jam up. O-line doing their job. I mean, look damn good. Yes, sir. That line, man, it was just 
forcing their will on everybody. There's some plays that you see that, you know, they're just pancakes all around. Like they didn't have no breakfast. They're ready for some pancakes. But I just don't understand it, how one run can dictate if they get stopped just for a yard or two, then they go to the passer for the rest of the three downs. I mean, exactly, man. I mean, if you got a good thing going, the whole key to having a balanced offense and you got a balanced formula, which, I mean, if you look at the overall stats, they were balanced in this game. But the thing is, when you're running the ball that effectively, you should be leading this game with no problem. But even then, if it's a tight football game and you're running the ball that successfully, hell, okay, you're controlling the clock. Yep. You're moving the ball on the ground effectively. At the end of the game, you know what you're doing? You're wearing down the opposing defense. Do you know how frustrating it is as a defensive player? Give it your all. First down, and they only get three yards. Then second down. After second down, all right. You're coming into your third down after that second down play. Third and four. Mm -hmm. You're saying, okay, we can stop them here. And then all of a sudden they bust a six-yard run and you're starting all over again. That is frustrating, and it is exhausting as a defensive player. If you want to hurt a team, punch them in the mouth and drain them, run the football down their throat. Oh, yeah, it's demoralizing. It makes them tired. It, you know, there's just so much that a running play, a good running play can do to soften up defense, not to mention some play-action passes down the road. Exactly. I mean, in this game, hell, Army only had 95 yards passing in this game. 95 yards. But those 95 yards was all chunk plays, and they were very effective. You know why? Because they ran the ball down Missouri's throat the whole game. Even when they were trailing, Mm -hmm. they never stepped away from their game plan. They just kept pounding, kept pounding, running it down their damn throat. And then when they hit a play-action pass, the man would be wide open. I mean, that's the difference in these two teams in this game is one of them, it's like as soon as they got punched in the mouth, They they, they panicked. They didn't know what the hell to do. They just started scrambling and everything else. The other one trailed for the big majority of this game. Hell, went down two possessions to start it out with and just kept running the ball. And they averaged 4.8 yards a play. 4.8 yards a play, 211 yards rushing for the team overall. I mean, 4.8 yards a play, though, and two-thirds of your offense is rushing, I mean, Tell me if that is not the definition of three yards on a cloud of dust. That is, that is old school, punch you in the mouth, football. Yes, sir. And the thing is, when you play a team that's got that mentality, you got to get out on them. Yeah. You can't sit there, leave points on the field. You cannot lollygag and t- twinkle toe the whole game and mess around at the end of the fourth quarter and be going toe-to-toe with a triple option team that runs the ball down and throws like Army. Hell, I told Ben before the second half was over, Missouri's going to fool around and lose this game. They were not covering the run well. When they did, they would get hit with a little dink and dunk pass for a first down. It, it was just like it. It was just like that defense had checked out toward the second half, and they just it didn't seem like they were trying too well to me. Exactly. But even then, I'm not going to blame the defense. I can't blame the defense in this game because, I mean, you look at total yards. They had 127 more total yards than Army. So, at the same time, hell, defense did their job. 
The other team had over 100 yards less than you. Over a football field less than you. Yep. You got out to a two-possession lead. There were several drives where they stopped on them. Oh, yeah. But you can't, in college football, in a bowl game, three consecutive drives, long drives, go all the way down the field, get inside 20. Take three and four minutes off the clock at a time. And settle for three points. You can't do it. And I got a real chip on my shoulder with Eli Drinkwitz out of this whole deal. Because the simple fact is, this is big boy football. This isn't you saying, okay, we're five and six. We're trying to get to a bowl game. Look, dude, we're past that. You're in the bowl game. There's no tomorrow. That's it. These these guys, these seniors on your football team, a lot of these guys ain't going to the NFL. Mm-mm. This is their last time ever putting on pass. Take a damn chance, dude. Quit. Don't be a wimp. Yeah, absolutely. And to ignore what got you there after the first quarter, the run game, focus on that pass. Just because you're getting hit in the mouth with the run game also doesn't mean that you need to fall back to the pass. You're both running the ball very well. Do what you do best. Do what you do best, and it'll work out. I promise you. If you're in the lead, if you're leading yeah. in a football game, <clears throat> why keep passing? Right. I get it. You want to try to get a first down every now and then. But if you're leading in a football game, well, let's run that clock down. Yeah. Let's get to the finish line. Let's get to the finish line, and then let's cross it. But you got to put yourself and your players in a position to win. The players did their part. I mean, every stat you look at, Missouri won. Hell, they won the turnover. They won the turnover, Martin. They had a turnover. Yeah. Unfortunately for them. But even then, I mean, the players did their part. It's really frustrating. I feel extremely frustrated for those seniors. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're in a bowl game, there's no tomorrow. If there's ever a time to take a chance, go for it. I could live with it. Mm-hmm. If you was 0 for 3 going for it on fourth down in the red zone, you know what? Hey, we're trying to score. Yep. Trying to get that win because there is no tomorrow in a bowl game. That's I mean, the last game of the season. Think about it. If you're 0 for 3 in the red zone, okay? If you're kicking field goals, that's 9 points. If you're 1 for 4, there's 7 points. Yep. Right there, just that one touchdown, boom. That's what makes the difference in these kinds of games. What the hell are you doing? Trying to adjust the mic and I knock the football over. Gracious day. Clemson. Mickey Mouse, son of a gun. <laughs> Gorge. Oh, that's goofy, my bad. Quit touching shit. It fell on its own. Stop. <laughs> just stop. Anyways, back to football. <laughs> I got a damn Missouri going on over here. <laughs> but I mean, as a coach, your job as a coach is to put your guys in a position to win. And when your guys go above and beyond, mm-hmm. they do their jobs. The defense does their job. Offense does their job. You can say, oh, well, the defense should have held them on the last drive. They marched down the field and they got that field goal. You shouldn't have been in that position to start with. Exactly. 
Hell, you scored a touchdown with a minute left in the game. Didn't run the clock down at all. No. Pass the ball, pass the ball, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Dude. Come on now. It's your fault as a coach for leaving time on the clock. And it's also your responsibility as a coaching staff to call the right defensive plays. I mean, and there's no responsibility that has been taken from what I can see by this coaching staff for this loss. Oh, man. The, the post-game presser. Mm. I'm going to tell you what, dude. That. I was already not much of an Eli Drinkwitz fan just because he's an arrogant son of a gun. Right. You beat Florida. Don't get me wrong. I couldn't stand. I could not stand Dan Mullen. Could not stand the dude. But you beat Florida when they are a dumpster fire. Right. Dumpster fire. Garbage juice. They're not even the Florida Gators. They're the Florida sewage lizards. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is what it is. It's been a rough year down there in Gainesville. But you're going to go on a post game after Florida and brag and crack all these jokes and rag on Dan, kick the man while he's down. Right. Everything else and have a good old time. But then when you lose the Army, all of a sudden you can't even make eye contact with the camera. You got to look down. You got to cover your face and hide and poke your bottom lip out. Like, come on, man. Try to hide behind the laptop. And even get called out on it when the dude comes and closes the laptop on him. Yeah, that was pretty damn great. <laughs> Somebody needs to buy that man a drink. Yes, sir. But come on now. I mean, own up to it. Absolutely. You got your players taking more ownership than you are. Yeah, that quarterback. That was one of the best press conferences by especially a first game starter taking ownership of some bad throws, some bad plays that he did, but yet your coach can be like, ah, it, it was my players, they didn't do well. Uh, we had, you know, so many starters out. Bloody, 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 excuse, 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 own it. You know what that reminded me a lot of? Florida last year, after they got took down by Oklahoma, reminded me a lot of that. Damn, all had all kinds of excuses and blamed COVID and. Just everything you could think of. And yep. You could tell in that post-game presser, he had done checked out as coach. Oh, yeah. It, the, end was a, the end was near then. We called her. Yep. And I'm telling you right now, the end is near in Missouri. I give it one, maybe two years. Unless there's a big turnaround in 2022, he's gone. Because the simple fact is, in the SEC nowadays, if you're rebuilding, if you got a train wreck of a program, you're rebuilding. All right, six win year, you're good. You're doing good. But hell, 2019 Missouri looked pretty good. Yes, they did. It had a well. Who was that quarterback for Clemson? Was it Kelly Bryant? I think so. They looked pretty tough. 2019. They sure did. They didn't look bad. And everybody had high hopes for Missouri this year. Had a returning quarterback. I mean, had a lot of starters coming back. And they ended on a strong note last year. Yeah. For the most part. Besides the bowl game last year, they choked. Absolutely. But, man, I don't know. I, I just really don't know what to say about it. You know, it's... I guess my thing is, where did it go wrong? Like, I mean, you look at them this year. They really... They got 
drag roll by Tennessee. Tennessee put up 62 points on them in that game. Closed the year out, Arkansas got smashed. I think it was 35, 17, something like that. I mean, just got bullied by Arkansas. You beat a rebuilding South Carolina, but hell, that whole game went all the way down to the wire. And hell, South Carolina was playing with, what, a Division three quarterback? Yep. And his backup's a damn trans as a graduate assistant coach. I mean, and that's the highlight of your year. I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to leave this here. I'm going to actually do a movie quote, and I'm sure that y'all be able to pick up on it. But attitude reflects leadership. Captain. Yep. Attitude reflects leadership. If your leaderships have a sorry attitude. Piss poor. That's just going to make your entire team. It's going to be like a cancer going through your team. That's incurable. Yeah, it's not good, man. I mean, you got some, you got a bright future looking at some of these players and their attitudes. But when you got a coach acting that way in a post game presser after a close loss, I get it. Nobody likes losing. It sucks. It stinks. That's the only way to put it. Is it absolutely stinks? Absolutely. But you got to take it on the chin. If you can, if you're humble, sorry about that. If you're humble in your defeat, you can learn from it. You can take lessons from it. You can say, you know what? We did this wrong. We did this wrong. I failed them as a coach. I did not put my guys in a position to win. I let them down. But I know what I did wrong, and I guarantee we will get better from here. You go back in, you look at film, and you take it from a standpoint of what did I do wrong? Not what did so-and-so do wrong. What did the running back do wrong? What did my line do wrong? What did I do wrong? What could I do different? It all starts at the top. Yep. You can say, oh, we had all these players out. We had to play with backups and transfers, and we had to play this guy, and we had to play that guy. Well, you know who that comes down on again? Mm-hmm. The coach. Not having everybody ready. Because you know what? This is football. There's always injuries. There's always things happening. If you're, I'm sorry, as a coach, my personal opinion is your second string, hell, your scout team is just as important as group one. Absolutely. Because if you don't have them trained up, what happens when it's time for their turn to come in? Next man up mentality is what it has to be at all times. I think that's what I loved. About Carolina this year. I, I, I try not to rock, ride a walk on Carolina too much. I'm trying not to be biased. But that's one thing I loved about Carolina this year. It helped Clemson for that matter. Is it doesn't matter who the player is, what position they're in. It's all about competing. Oh, yeah. You are not given this job. This job, nothing is for granted. Every day, every play, you are competing to be just as good or better than the man in front of you or the man behind you. It's that simple. And that's what I'm loving, too, about this draft class that's coming in for Carolina. Draft. Or the uh, recruiting class that's coming in for Carolina. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've got Spencer Rattler coming in at South Carolina. You should be, without a doubt, the starter, bar none, no competition. What does Shane Beamer do? He goes in and he signs two, not one, but two freshmen to come in to compete, along with Luke Dogan. And Colton Gothier. 
that's a loaded room. It's just it's all about competing, and it's all about the culture of a school. You got to establish a culture that thrives to compete. They live for it. Every guy on the team wants to win as a team. Every guy wants to play. If you get beat, okay, that's cool. You got the spot, but next week, guess what? I'm going to come out here and I'm going to work harder and I'm going to try to take it. It is what it is. If you beat me, best man wins, but we're not going to give up. You see the Virginia Tech helmet I got here. I think that's a huge problem with Virginia Tech. Granted, the last couple of years of Frank Beamer, it, they wasn't setting the world on fire. Right. But watch a Virginia Tech game from 2014. Watch a Virginia Tech game from 2019, 2020, 2021. You can look at the team, even then with Beamer. Yeah, you were losing some games, but you know what? They also upped and upset Ohio State one year in a big game. They're always pulling off these big upsets. It was still a team, even though they were only having six and six, seven and five records. It was still a team. On any given week, you had to take serious because you came in there saying, you know what, this coach, he's going to talk these guys up. They think they can beat us. And if we don't do our job, they can beat us. They can win any given week. But it's got to be taught to them by the coaches. That coach has got to believe they can win. And that coach has got to take ownership in their defeats. You cannot sit there. And neglect all the blame and come up with excuses. You know what? Dan Mullen had excuses. How the hell did that work for Florida this year? He gone. He's gone. The program is atrocious right now. The culture's terrible. I mean, one of the worst seasons Florida's had in hell, I don't know how long. Everybody loves to rag Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp didn't have a year like this in Florida. He didn't. No, he really didn't. And what everybody's talking about right now is how the new guy's coming in. He's chopping heads. People are transferring. What he's actually doing is he's cutting the cancer out of that locker room. He's changing everything. Well, I mean, anybody that can go to Louisiana and take the Raging Cajuns and make that a winning, I mean, a very good winning program. On back-to-back years oh, yeah. and go to bowl games, he's doing pretty good. But Absolutely. He, but he had a good teacher, too, because we all know where he started out at. Mm-hmm. Right there at Clemson with Dad was offensive coordinator, and they had some good teams. Absolutely. So, I mean, it just it all comes down to culture. And there's a big difference. I get it. Eli bit off a lot. There's a big damn difference. Mm-hmm. And playing at Appalachian State and winning games and comes to the SEC. Yeah, they upset some big schools when he was at Appalachian State. But you know what? When you're at Appalachian State, it's easy to take a team that everybody's expecting to lose. Everybody's going to sleepwalk on them and pull off some upsets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, Northwestern's made a program out of it for a damn decade now. <laughs> More than a decade. I mean, just known for upsets. Yep. Look at Purdue. Yeah. I mean, exactly. But you can't you can't sit here in the SEC and poke the bear and talk the talk and then not back it up. You can't do it. To quote Rick Flair, you've got to, to beat the man, you've got to beat the man. And if you're not willing to do what it takes to beat the man, you're not going to beat the man. 
No, exactly. I mean, the way I see it is, you want to talk some smack, that's cool. I can get down with that. That's cool. But don't talk all this smack and talk a big game and then your biggest win of the year is over a rebuilding school with a first-year coach. With a first-year coach. Hell, all those coaches, it's their first year at a big program like this. Mm-hmm. Besides Marcus Satterfield, and I mean, to Easter own. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, taking players from D3s, junior college transfers, all that. I mean, just starting from scratch. Yep. Just to have depth to be able to play. Exactly. Exactly, and I mean making it work. But when you are in your second year, you got a lot of guys returning, you got a lot of familiarity there, and you get worse. Yep. That ain't good, man. Not at all. It's not good business. Not at all. I mean, before we change gears and jump on to our next bowl game, SEC loss. Which really leaves a terrible taste in your mouth saying that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if you're Missouri, where do you go from here? I mean, what, what's the offseason look like? What's going into next year look like? There's going to be a lot of a lot of practice, a lot of, I don't know, player personnel changes, personnel changes. Something's gotta gotta give. I mean, we all know that it's probably not gonna be the head coach this being the second season, but you gotta think there's at least a couple of assistant coaches that uh, are feeling the heat right now. Well, I guarantee they're feeling the heat. Now, I mean, even though it's not this right moment, I would almost have to think Drinkwitz has got to be feeling a little bit of a fire under his seat. I mean, two years in a row, you failed to deliver in the postseason. Yeah. Two years in a row, you're not making any progress at all from where it was when you got there. I mean, that's the whole reason you bring in a new coach. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're going to bowl games. When you bring in a new head coach, you want progress. What the hell's the point of bringing in a new coach if you're doing exactly the same as what the old coach did? I mean, you make a point. I don't know. We all know that there's going to be a new starting quarterback, and it's probably going to be the same kid that played in the game. Brady, I never can remember his last name. Brady Cook. Brady Cook. Brady Cook. I always want to say Brady Quinn, the old yeah. name quarterback. Yeah. But Brady Cook, we all know, probably end up being the starting quarterback unless he decides to hit the transfer portal, which could very well be likely with the coaching staff that he has the attitude of what they've got. We all know that they're going to have another running back battle going on. Not exactly sure how many offensive linemen they're going to be losing, how much defense they're going to be losing. I'll have to do more research into that, more to come on that. But Yeah, I mean, we'll get into all the specifics when we get into the offseason here. Once we get past all these bowl games, we start going through each team and breaking down their year, we'll get into yeah. all the nitty-gritty. But. but it's just – As a Missouri fan, I just feel like there's got to be a lot of concern and a lot of disappointment and just uncertainty. Anger. Yeah, anger, frustration, and just uncertainty. You sitting there looking in 2022, and I'm you sitting there. Instead of being a team that's aspiring to compete for an SEC East, you've been bypassed 
back in Turkey, which I don't think any of us saw that coming. No. But you've been bypassed by Kentucky. And Tennessee. And Tennessee, but not only that, South Carolina. They're right knocking on your door. You might have beat them this year, but... No, Carolina actually finished ahead of them in the SECs, believe it or not. Really? Yes, sir. I don't know how the hell they did it. <laughs> I guess the quality of opponents. I guess, but... They actually finished up one notch higher than South Carolina finished, I believe it was fourth hmm. in the SEC East this year. But you got all these teams passing you in the fast lane. And a lot of them's got new players. New players. Not to mention... New coaches in Tennessee. Not to mention, I do a lot of the recruiting, looking into it, you know, see what's going on. I haven't heard any, anything about Missouri's draft or uh, recruiting class. It's been very quiet. <clears throat> been very, very quiet. So, I mean... I don't know. I swear it's almost like a repeat of Florida from last year. It really is. Recruiting quieted down. Morale getting very low. I don't know, man. I do not know, Missouri. This is... And going into the season, we both saw it with Florida. When you go into the SEC talk show, I guess if you want to call it that, and they're just all high talking about we are the the champions, we're going to stay the champions, blah, 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 but you didn't see it in their eyes. There was no hunger. Nothing going on. You see Dan Mullen up there with just a dead look on his face. We both call it, and look what happened. He gone. You can look yourself in the mirror all day long <clears throat> and say, I'm the man. But until you can feel it right here, and that heart, and know it, you're just lying to yourself. Absolutely. You have to not only believe it, but you have to go out and prove it. That's exactly right. Um, Lord, I didn't do that, and that's that's where we're going to go ahead and roll over to next. Yeah, I thought we are going to go ahead and roll on over into it. Kind of like how Florida's rolled over <laughs> all year long. Rolled over to one damn game. The one game where they really stood up and played their asses off was against Bama. <laughs> I don't get that, but that's that's the game that killed Florida. It really they, is. They went down from there. They battled. They battled. They battled. They almost beat Bama. Bama comes back and wins it. And then what happens next? They roll over. Train wreck. They're on out. I mean. We're going to go ahead and talk about them and the Gasparilla. Is that how you pronounce Sasparilla. it? Sasparilla. Sasparilla or Gasparilla? Sasparilla. How the hell you get an S out of a G? Uh, I guess one of those uh, Coach O sort of things, I guess. Little talk. <laughs> I'm going to miss old Coach O. Oh, yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, they took on the Central Florida Golden Knights. Coached by um, old Gus Malzahn oh, out, of, out of Auburn last year. Yes, sir. Got fired from Auburn with UCF. Went to a bowl game. He was seeking a little bit of revenge against a former SEC school. And damn if he did it. I'm telling you. And it wasn't. I'm going to be honest with you. It really wasn't that much of a ball game. You look at that. It was a bit of a spanking. There in the second half, it was a spanking. It was pretty much neck and neck in the first half. But second half, it, UCF just ran away with it. But, I mean, that's, that's been Florida's M.O. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like they sit there and they'll fight, and they'll fight, and you're sitting there saying, oh, man, 
these Florida Gators, they just they don't ever quit. And just as soon as you finish that sentence, they out there waving the white flag, laying on, laying over on their backs, saying, "Finish me off," <laughs> like Mortal Kombat out there. Finish them. <laughs> I mean, just just watching the game though, it was a tale of two. I tell of two um, two very different teams. Two very different teams. You've got one that is trying their hardest. They've got something to prove. And the other one thinking because they're an SEC team, they're going to walk all over these guys. And we ain't even going to try. We're just going to come out here. We're going to show up. And just, just because we're the Florida Gators, we're going to win. Didn't happen that way. No. No, it didn't. I mean, and that's the thing that frustrates me. Is, I mean, it's very similar to the last game we talked about. All right, Florida, they were playing a Conference USA team. I'm pretty sure that's what UCF is, is Conference USA. I believe so. At least that's what they were for a long time. Ouch. But they were playing Central Florida, playing Gus Malzahn, a guy who was fired from SEC. You're thinking, okay, even with Florida having a bad year, coach is out. Breath of fresh air in there with the interim guys. Billy Napier's in the stadium. You know you're pumping those guys up in the pregame. You're saying, okay, this is this is where it all begins. Right here is where the turnaround starts. Florida's going to go out here. going to end the season on a high note with a bowl game. Get that off-season momentum. Get those recruits excited. Make some of these guys who are considering transferring stay. I mean, you think it's all going to turn around. And-, and it's all about that patch that's on their chest, too. The Florida Gator. You would think going into a bowl game versus a Conference USA team, they don't have a chance. That's in your state. That's in your state. That's the baby brother. Yeah. I mean, Central Florida, that's not Florida State. That's not Miami. I mean. No. That's right there with Florida Atlantic, FAU, Southern Florida. And, I mean. That's like an App State school, really. Yeah. And everybody who wants to say, well, Central Florida went undefeated a couple years ago. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> Boise State did it for a long time. What the hell is Boise State? A football team with a blue field that nobody takes serious. Exactly. I mean, the reason we're making such a big deal of this is saying Duke beats North Carolina in the ball game. My thing is, man, last year, they were looking like national title contenders last year. Yeah. They really were. They were looking tough. I mean, there, there were several times last season where I was saying, damn, Florida's a real deal. And towards the end of the year, oh, there goes football. Towards the end of the year, you started seeing them kind of come apart a little bit. Then in the Oklahoma game, the bottom fell out. Mm-hmm. And it raised a lot of questions. Dan Mullen had a lot of excuses and everything else. And then the season comes, turns around, and started off pretty hot. I said, damn, Florida's going to do it again. Old mm-hmm. Dan Mullen. Damn it, Dan, you're doing it again. We thought we were wrong. And then the train came off the tracks. Oh, yeah. Barely beating Sanford. Got curb stomped by South Carolina. <laughs> Got beat by Missouri in, what, double overtime? Yep. It was overtime or double overtime? It was double overtime. 
but got beat by Missouri. I mean, he just can't park. Then in Central Florida, you get Dan Mullen out of there. I just, I don't, I really don't get it at all. Because in this game here, you saw signs of fight from Florida. And there was times in this game where you said, Florida's got a lot of talent on our team. Mm-hmm. How the hell did they get in this predicament, man? They, Boy, they're pretty good. Right. And as soon as you start thinking that, all of a sudden they'll snap the ball and offensive linemen are just kind of standing around chilling. Quarterback's running for his life. Or the defense, you'll see about four or five guys fighting their ass off, and then the you see the other. Jogging. Yeah. You see the rest of them kind of jogging and going through the motions. I know what happened on this ball game. I'll tell you right now what happened. Got punched in the mouth. They didn't get their kiss from Dan Malone's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. We're not even going to get into that. I've been while they were so rowdy after the game trying to fight something. That's another thing, man. <laughs> you get beat by Central Florida. And then after the game, you're trying to pick a fight with these guys. Yeah. And they said it was a scuffle between two teams. Man, watch the video. That was not a scuffle between two teams. You see Central Florida standing there, and all the Florida players are showing their behinds. And I mean, just making them. Yeah, one or two start pushing the other UCF guys. And- you know, of course, as a teammate, you're not going to stand there watching your guy get pushed around. Yeah, I mean, just making a mockery yeah. of the Florida program. And it just makes you sit there and say, man, how far have they fallen? Then I think this is rock bottom for that Florida program. You know what this reminds me of a bunch of? It reminds me a lot of, you remember when Miami, when they were dominating mm-hmm. early 2000s? And then they just went on that bad stretch. They're still on that bad stretch. They ain't come out yet. But I'll never forget cutting on news one day and seeing where the Miami Hurricanes got into a brawl with FIU, Florida (laughs) International University. I think it's the Cougars. Yeah. Got into a big brawl with them after losing by a field goal in a game or something. And I remember sitting sitting there that day to myself thinking, how did this happen? How did how did they fall that far? And now here we are, Florida Gators, doing the same damn thing Miami did. I mean, I hope this is not the beginning of a downward spiral like Miami. I, I wouldn't doubt it because all dynasties have to come to an end. Even though they haven't won a championship, I mean, Florida has been SEC royalty. Yeah, they've been a contender for the SEC East year in, year out. Their team... Well, I think it went east on any given year. I mean, hell, really, they like a team that could win the SEC championship on any given year. Yeah. You talk about Florida Gators, you put some respect on their name. But in order for one team to rise, another team has to fall. Yeah. I just – I don't know, man. I really don't know. Is it, is it the leadership? Is it the attitude? Is it the NIL money coming down to Florida, partying on the beaches? I mean, <clears throat> honestly – because this being the first year for NIL, I mean, it could be NIL money. It could be these kids going out and partying, but I really think it was leadership, lack thereof. But I also think that they just recruited some wrong kids. I think there literally is a cancer in that locker room that needs to be cut out. I don't know what it is, man, but it's, <laughs> it's frustrating and sad to see because as a Carolina fan – you don't like Florida. I don't like Florida. 
but as a SEC football fan, you hate to see, like you said, royalty mm-hmm. just come crashing down in this fashion. Oh, yeah. I'd rather see a story of a Kentucky team. Team that was a pushover, rising up, challenging all the big dogs. But when the big dogs is getting spanked, and they are struggling, I mean, going toe-to-toe in a fist fight with Samford, and then go into a bowl game and get pushed around, and then just lay down, roll over to Central Florida. And another team this reminds me of, too, just thinking back in history, you know, the uh, University of Southern California. Yeah, I didn't think about that. The Trojans, man, they were royalty. They were football royalty for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden their head coach leaves for the NFL, and they're done. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, really, that that's the truth. It makes you wonder. I just... I don't understand it. It's hard to figure out. But what's even worse in all this is they already had one of the worst recruiting classes, not just in the SEC, but in the nation. One of the worst recruiting Absolutely. classes. Absolutely. And that's because and during then, the season, the head coach didn't want to recruit? Exactly. But then you think about that now. You turn around and you lose. To Central Florida, what's that going to do for your in-state recruiting? I mean, you already got Georgia snatching players out of Florida. You already got South Carolina dipping their fingers down. You already got to compete with Florida State, which, hell, that ain't much these days. Yeah. Miami, I mean, Miami, though, I mean, they bring in that new coach. Um, What the hell's his name? Don't remember the name, but he's coming from Oregon. Yeah. Mar- Mar- Mario Cristobal. Yes, sir. Cristobal. Mario Cristobal. Mario, however the hell you say it. <laughs> bring Luigi. What if he's bringing Luigi with him? But the princess told still at home. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, Miami's about to pick up the recruiting. If you're Florida, man, I mean, this is not good. I mean, are you hitting the alarm buttons right now? Are you hitting the red siren? I would. I mean, I mean, it? I really feel like it should be the annual purge down there in Florida right now. For real, I mean, this is this is scary. It really is. What are they going to do? What can they do? Lose. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's going to take at least one year for rebuilding. Look at what happened with Carolina. They got the coach. They had one of the poorest recruiting classes last year that they've ever had. I mean, give it a year. Maybe they can do good in, in recruiting. I don't know. I mean, we just have to see where it goes. But but my thing is, you already got a really bad recruiting class, and then you drop one to Central Florida. Mm-hmm. What if next year Miami I mean, Florida's still rebuilding, so they're going to struggle? Mm-hmm. What if Miami turns around and looks really good? What if Florida State picks it up a little bit? Will they? I doubt it. But no. They're going to have to just coach. But what if Central Florida turns around and has a good year? I mean – all that's going to take away attention from Gainesville. It's, right. It's going to hurt that program. Right. You know, not to mention the Georgias, the South Carolinas, the Tennessees going in and dipping their finger in Florida. And I it, mean, if you're Billy Napier, you are in a very bad position right now, if you think about it, because in Gainesville, 
Six win seasons ain't acceptable, man. No. Seven win seasons, those are not acceptable. No. I mean, you're going to be in the same position Dan Mullen was in. So you got to find a way to win and win fast, and you got to find a way to do it without recruits, a lot of transfers. And the transfer portal is going to be your best friend this season. Is it? Who the hell is going to want to transfer down there to that? <laughs> I mean, you make a point. It's your worst enemy this season. I mean, you're losing Emory Jones. Right. You're losing your starting quarterback who looks like he's got some hellacious potential in him. Absolutely. So, I mean, you start losing a lot of guys. If you don't turn this thing around, I mean, the bottom could fall out this thing. It really could. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> – I don't know. First two bowl games I've seen with SEC schools, though, I don't like it. I don't I, either. I hope this is not a sign of things to come. And hopefully these ACC bowl games quit getting canceled. Yeah, because uh, I need some football to watch, man. Yes, sir. This ain't cool. I just – I don't know, dude. But it's just hard to say on what's going to happen. Could he – could Billy Napier come in and turn that team around in one season? Maybe. What are the chances? Not very good. No. Not very good at all. I mean... And the simple fact is, when you're the Florida Gators, if you're not winning at least eight games... Oh, I'd say ten games. Ten's a bit much. I'm saying for his first year. For his first year. If you're not winning at least eight games... They're going to start doubting you off the rip. It wouldn't take long at all for you to lose the stadium, lose the locker room. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, Muschamp, his first year in there, won a lot of games. Urban Meyer won a lot of games. We ain't even going to talk about old Steve Spurrier. <laughs> Hell, Dan Mullen came in there, was winning right off the rip. Mm-hmm. So, But he, Dan Mullen was also playing with somebody else's team. He was. He was. But... I just, man, I, I don't know. I don't like it. Don't like it at all, Florida. I don't either. So going off of these two SEC teams that we've just talked about today, what are some of your closing thoughts on what's to come with the two and where would you like to see it go? Man, my closing thoughts is uncertainty. Yeah. A big, dark cloud of uncertainty hangs over both these programs. And if I had to give them a letter grade for this past year, it'd have to be an F on both of them. Both of them. I would have to agree. Both teams have had some decent wins, played some decent games, but all in all, I'd say an F, maybe an F minus, to be perfectly honest with you. Hell, what decent win did Missouri have? I mean, you make a point. I just, I don't know, man. I don't like it. If I had to give a letter grade, I'd give it an F. If I had to give a projection right here, right now for next season, unless they both have a miraculous turnaround, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, yeah. They may not even make a bowl game next year. No. It all depends, man. But uh, 